and I went up to do a five minute set and uh, you know the theme was love bites so I had plenty of material but during my set I got into really dark places just getting things off my chest which felt good it, it's different like at the end of a story set you don't necessarily feel the elated high of comedy but it's more just like a quiet relief like I've been heard thank God and you, you do feel better though it calms your your nerves it gets rid of stress but I had been going into a comedy set in the middle because I was covering all this heavy stuff and I guess I just started feeling like, oh, I'm getting too dark. I need to lighten it with some comedy. But even though it was kind of gay related, it wasn't really about me and Og and the subject material. So I got called out for that. Now, Faco, you know about The Moth, right? I've heard about the storytelling, yes, the series. The Moth is the biggest and probably the most popular storytelling podcast in the nation. Um, it's based out of San Francisco, but they have a satellite in Oakland, Berkeley, too. Um, the guy that runs it is Corey Rosen. Nice Jewish name. Uh, <laughs> I might be distantly related to him, even. I have a Rosen in my background. Yeah. At first, I thought he was my fourth cousin, but that was a different Corey Rosen, who was gay in the closet and decided the way to deal with this was to join the Israeli armed forces. <laughs> Good luck as a court. Get out of this situation. Yeah. Nobody will think I'm gay now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hit the showers, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Okay, all right. So, so yeah, um, when you do storytelling, comedy is incidental, not critical. So that's the first lesson, especially for comedians. If you get invited to a storytelling show or you have the opportunity, you can do a funny story, but you do not have to. The, the point is to be interesting. So you may be... You may make people laugh. You may make people cry. Yeah, I mean, you could go totally sad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh, and that's valid. That's still valid. You know what I'm saying? One of my criticisms I got first few years of comedy was that I wasn't doing comedy. I was doing storytelling. So in the beginning, I was mixing them up. And people rightfully criticized me. That Kyle used to tell me, this is great still. Let's have some punchlines. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was good to finally start to find some venues because... Art Boutique was really where I began doing storytelling. I could just feel it. I think I came there with maybe you and Zugnoni one night, and um, I just loved the place on principle because I'm into graphic novels anyway. I loved the feel of it, and then I just started going into stories. I, I started getting things off my chest. I've been doing that at Woodham's, but it was distracting, and that's mm. how I got that reputation of being not that funny, even if I was interesting. So the two different aims, two different arts, don't try to force them together. That, oh. That's the first one. Do you get do you and do you feel like you like storytelling better or comedy stand up? Not better, but it's different. I like storytelling because it's a relief for me, and I feel like there's things that I need to say, and I don't always feel like wrapping them in jokes in order to get them across. Um, I've been told before, like in Santa Cruz, that. You're funny when you want to be. And when I don't want to be funny, a storytelling set is great. Because I don't have to be. Right. Yeah. You don't have to be. Mm-hmm. You know? You don't have to be. And then, uh, there's a lot of pressure off of you. 
you know that's a, that, that's a lot of pressure off it is where you have to be funny and you have to come up with a joke and you have to uh, yeah make sure everyone understands the premise or you know everything is translated before that could hit you know exactly so the storytelling i like storytelling it's fun i did your storytelling show in uh morgan hill that's right yeah. and we had a good time there um i did a burning tale before it's not around no more. It was hosted by Mighty Mike McGee. Yeah, I did that one too. Yeah, the yeah. poet laureate of Santa Clara County. Yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, it's cool. And sometimes I don't care. Sometimes I go to an open mic and I'm just gonna do a story, even if there's no funny things. You know, sometimes I just want to talk about something. Yeah, it reminded me of something. You know, I don't do it generally at showcases, but open mics. Oh hell yeah! Especially at a mixed mic. Yeah, mixed mic especially. It's my time now, you know? Yeah. I want to talk whatever I want. If I want to talk about a rat orgy for five minutes, then let's go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It don't matter. So anyways, um, but it's nice. It's nice. And um, uh, are you thinking you're doing up another story show coming up or what? Yeah, I'm going to produce more. I got one here at Mutiny Radio that's coming up next month. It's Saturday, March 17th. Uh, 8 to 10 p.m. is part of our Friends of Mutiny series where we fundraise to keep the station afloat and so Pam does not have to dip into her savings. <laughs> oh, that's good. You help out. You it is, yeah. We bring in some good money and people there. You can listen to the Friends of Mutiny as a podcast on Apple. Um, it's available now. And uh, lots of different shows that different people have produced are on there. we got music, comedy, storytelling, um, women's issues and uh speakers just great material yeah man yeah so um i'm looking forward to that show i got a really great lineup julie solar like i mentioned from story slam oakland's going to be on there and uh i've known her for a couple years she she's really encouraged me and she's helped me out and uh, one time i even won like a 50 dollars gift certificate for a flotation in oakland somebody's on the phone I wonder if it's Gail and if she's feeling sweet. We shall see. Stay tuned. Put her on. Yeah, that's the thing. You never even bother to learn anything about us on our end. It's all about you and getting things off your chest. So it is a little frustrating sometimes. Thank you. Um, we're discussing storytelling today. Yeah, as an art form. And it's, yeah, the show's around the Bay Area. Do you have anything playing? Yeah, the music's playing. Yeah, I'm going to get you. Oh, there you go. All right, that was sweet, Gail. Um, sometimes I'm in the mood to chat, sometimes I'm not. But yeah, courtesy of manners, I'm working on that. I'm not very good at them. I used to be when I was young. I was such a nice little Jewish kid. And then the Wolfman bit me. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! The Wolfman got stolen. It's Wolf. It's Wolfowitz, dude. Dude, they're remaking American Werewolf in London. Are you serious? Yeah, with the the director producer's uh, son, um, the guy that did all the special effects. 
So, um, so it, I, th- I think it's going to be called the Mexican-American Werewolf in London. They already yeah. made one of those. It was like a, a weird sequel. It was the Chupacabra on the loose oh, in Texas. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I never actually saw it. I wanted to. See, now I want to watch it. <laughs> but I remember, the only Chupacabras I remember was on X-Files. They had an X-Files episode of Chupacabras. Do you remember that at all? Because I was never really an X-Files fan. Oh. I, I never really watched it. Come on, man. Yeah. You needed to know, man. Come on. Truth's out there. It's or out in there. here. In here. We're oh. <laughs> here at the workshop. Yeah, we're getting sketchy here at Mutiny Radio. I'm Stolowitz. That's Faco. And uh, talking about storytelling today. And uh, what makes it different from stand-up comedy. And tips and tricks if you're going to be on a storytelling show. Uh, I myself am getting ready for The Moth. It's going to be hosted by Omar Qureshi this month in San Francisco on the 27th, I believe. So it is an open mic format from what I understand. I don't know if there's a cover charge, but I'm ready to pay it. (laughs) And uh, I'm trying to get my stuff together so I'll have a solid story set when I go up. Now, I've listened to The Moth on on podcasts. That's how a lot of people know them. They pick, like, the best of their material for that. And The Moth was instrumental in the whole storytelling scene a lot of people have copied its format so usually there is a theme for the evening at storytelling shows this uh, can be suggested by participants but it's usually picked by the host in advance it may have something to do with uh, current events or the time of years for example a love show around valentine's day Um, sometimes it's just themes that the the host is exploring so with Story Slam Oakland, we've had lots of cool themes. There's been uh, love, drugs, um, sex, violence, uh, cats and dogs, things like that. So you could go all over the spectrum. And uh, you don't want to pick something too obscure for a theme. Try to pick relatable subjects that most people can identify with or at least find really interesting. Again, the keyword is interesting with stories. So... Um, my theme that I picked for our storytelling show is irony, because I've had a lot of it in my life lately. You had any irony going on, Faco? Irony going on? Yeah. Like what? Like something's strange is happening? You know, ironic? Like, explain to me, ironic. You're ironic. No. Uh, <laughs> so it, it means something happens in a, a way that makes it funny for contradicting itself. So, oh, you remember like yeah. Atlantis Morissette's song? Yeah. Oh. A traffic jam when you're already late to no smoking sign on your cigarette break? Oh. <laughs> like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. It's meeting the man of my dreams and that meeting is beautiful live. <laughs> Dude, I'm happy, but I'm sad. That one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so I, I did radio. I'm doing radio for a long time. You want to know something funny that happened to me like that? Sure. Um... So someone complained to when I was doing radio at a station that I was playing mainstream like I played a mainstream artists like let's I played Mariah Carey. Okay. I was not supposed to play uh, mainstream commercial hits. It's supposed to be the underground sound, you know, okay. like un- independent artists. So you so. were indie enough. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, I go and I talk to the program director. I go to his shift. And he's in trouble. He's going, hey, look, man, you can't do this, okay? You know, well, this is an underground sound. You know, <laughs> it's an independent musical 24-7, right? And as he's yelling at me, telling me this, he's doing his show, right? And he's playing 
you know, like public enemy. <laughs> and uh, I, I, it was just funny. I didn't even call him out on it. I just thought, well, that's, this is ironic. You it know is. What I'm yeah. <laughs> I didn't even call it out. This is supposed to be free speech radio. I can't play what I want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and what's it called? Um, yeah, and uh, it was just funny that, that that happened. You know what I'm saying? It I didn't is. say anything. I didn't get mad. I was just like, okay, this yeah. is cool. And this that is, cool. is a good story. That yeah. was about five minutes. Right now? Yeah. No way. I, that must have been like a minute and a half. Oh, that's short, huh? <laughs> okay. I guess I could stretch it out. You know what I'm saying? You can if you were to go into a theme or details. You know, the lightning hit the clock tower. <laughs> 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 you know, we could go like that. You know what I'm saying? But... And that's like a, a story of irony, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. it was my program director, but everything was cool. It's not like he told, hey, you're you're uh, suspended. He was he just told me, hey, don't do this. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he was too harsh, you know? Okay. Yeah, man, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. So, like, um, when you're selecting a story for the theme, I mean, you, you intuit it. You didn't maybe understand what irony was when we first started talking, but you got it right away, and you were able to relate to it. You found something. Right. So um, when you lay it out, it's kind of like writing an essay for school, if you were ever good at that, but you don't have to follow a million rules as far as punctuation and grammar and stuff. You have a lot more freedom because storytelling is visual as well as auditory. So you can use your body to emphasize or uh, illustrate different points in your story, and it adds a whole other dimension. Uh, some cultures use their hands more than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jews love using their hands when they talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Do you know what I'm saying? A lot of a lot of people do. Um, the pausing, I think, is even is even is greater in storytelling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, for effect. For effect to you know catch up everyone to. Um, you know stuff like that you know you know and then he told me there's no more fries <laughs> <laughs> good in that case he used it as a setup yeah yeah um, so, clever so but to call the yeah storytelling is cool man it like it, it's almost like you know the restraints are off you can say whatever you want uh-huh. make it all relatable details right yeah, it's important not to go off topic and get distracted because there's lots of different interesting details you can use. But even if they're interesting, do they you know, help explain your, your premise or are they wandering off into a tangent? So Gail, I mean, sweet and lovely as she is, goes on many tangents, which is one of the reasons why people get frustrated with her. Um, I haven't talked to her yet. No? No, so... Uh, but shouts out to her. Yeah. She called you up. She did. You know? And that was the second time for one show. That's pretty uh-huh. good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk more in the future. We'll see how it goes. Um, we will be. Yeah. So if we're doing, like, say, a story on irony, and uh, we're going through the first few minutes illustrating examples in our life, building a background, um, a point of reference, a focus, and a direction, it's not going to make any sense to jump off and talk about, like, chocolates, unless they're ironic, you know? Right, right. Okay, so you stay focused, you carry the, the thesis through mm-hmm. um, to the end, and you use all your tools 
in order to illustrate your story. So by the end of it, as you're wrapping things up into a conclusion, it's succinct, it's powerful, you haven't gone over the light, yeah, and uh, you've delivered something poignant. Right. And it's also good, you know, like, to think about it, like... Like, you know, the good thing about storytelling is like, you know, it's like when you're talking to your friends, you know, and you're telling them a story, right? It's very, you you know, you can do it. Anybody can do it. You do it if you think about it like that, you know, and um, and it'll help you. I don't think it necessarily in comedy doesn't help you. Like, you do something funny to your friends, that doesn't actually translate that. That joke is funny on stage, like doing stand-up. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe it more for sketch or improv. Yeah, you, it, you, you know, but you can't really do that. But in storytelling, you can because you tell your friends the whole story. And that's what you do, you know? And that's just the storytelling. So it'll help you, you know what I'm saying? It's, mm-hmm. it's, and a lot of the tools from that helps you in the storytelling you get what i'm saying yeah 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 you know so anybody can do it and as long as you're just talking to them like your normal people you know exactly yeah so yeah when you are in front of an audience with stand-up it's good to just relate to them as people you don't have to imagine they're so different from you i mean unless you're talking about something really obscure that most of them won't get um you know, if you have a topic that's relatable, then they're there. And also, storytelling audiences tend to be uh, more focused. They, they give more time. They're willing to give people a longer time to explain themselves or make a, a point without, you know, yelling out, say something funny. Or, you know. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a storyteller show get heckled. And if it did, that person got escorted out pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, that's a good thing. I yeah. haven't seen that, uh, at least my eyes, with a storytelling. Yeah. Or even if they had somebody say something, they wasn't the guy wasn't saying yeah. negative. They're not always clean either. You have dirty shows, but oh, they, yeah. they warn people in advance. So what's the term now for the grown and sexy? That's the term. For the grown and sexy crowd, yeah. Sexy crowd. <laughs> um, the key, though, is if you are going to get dirty, you need to make it worth it in order to make the points in your story. So is it interesting or are you just being gross for gross's sake? So a story about sex could be really wonderful if it's exciting or funny or strange or even sad. But if it's just porn, I mean, any of us can look that up on the internet. Dude, porn. <laughs> got to take it to another place or it. That we're talking about comedy stories. <laughs> well, so a comedic storytelling session. Say yeah. you're going to tell a funny story. And this doesn't have to be at a storytelling show. It could be at a showcase or an open mic. Um, any tips for that? Um, tips for a funny story. Uh, any funny story? Yeah. Well, you know, smile, right? Smile. <laughs> I think that's a yeah. good one. Smile. Sure. Don't be don't be. Excited, I'm suicidal be comic. I hate my life. Yeah. <laughs> be excited. You know, I get a stare. Enthusiasm. Yeah, that's yeah. important. Enthusiasm. Like you want it. Like you got this fucking story from God himself, <laughs> man. And you're gonna tell him. See you. I, he told me, man. I gotta tell you this. That you gotta have like that kind of belief. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, conviction. Yeah, man. So I didn't do that, and, and you know, people always. Uh, I used to always think too, like, oh, it's honest, it's honest, it's gotta be honest, it's funny, and that's cool. And storytelling, honest, is the best, right? Yeah. Honest. 
That's the whole point. Of, of and truth is stranger story. than fiction. You don't have to lie. Yeah. What's Uncle Dave always say? I ain't got to lie to kick it. Uh, yeah, you ain't got to lie <laughs> to kick it. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah. Ain't nothing but chewed up grass. <laughs> it's not what you do. It's how you do <laughs> it. Stop. Look. Listen. Listen. <laughs> Uncle Dave. Everybody knows his quote. <laughs> they're classic 70s lines, actually. Yeah. He just compiled them. And they're the best. They're so the best. it's fine. He's got his thing. Yeah, I owe him. I owe him, dude. He gave me some Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. Like, legitimate Girl Aww. Scout cookies. <laughs> I took almost like two rows. <laughs> <laughs> Which ones? Oh, it was peanut butter chocolate. Oh, it was the best oh, dagalogs, oh, yes. I'm hopping this fucking table right now. Dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So yeah, I own a beer. And um, yeah, we talked about Uncle Dave, right? Stop look listen. Yeah. You're listening to MutinyRadio.fm. I am David Stolowitz here in the studio with Faco, getting sketchy, talking about storytelling as an art form, and uh when to integrate it into a comedy set. So now if you're not going to have a, a punchline kind of format, it's okay to tell funny stories, but you have to get to the point pretty quick if you're going to be at a comedy scene. So you, you can't get off into Neverland and people will be like, where is this going? Yeah. Do you remember any uh, really funny sets you told stories at Faco? Cause you have a lot of good ones. Yeah, man, uh, I do. Um, like I said, like your your uh, your showcase. Uh, I told I thought one of my favorite stories, dude. <laughs> but I don't know if I should tell it now. Okay, but I, I mean, like a, as a at a comedy show, have you ever just told stories? I tried, and some people, I, I some people go, "Come on, you know, uh-huh. it's a hey, comedy of the volleyball kid. You can't just keep setting, you know." <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't keep setting, kid. <laughs> you gotta spike it down sometimes. Ah, okay. So. Yes, we got to get to the point if it's during yeah. a comedy set. But this is just like, you know, general, you know, comedy tips because there's no, you know, wrong way to do comedy. You know what I'm saying? You're going to do it. And some motherfuckers are so lucky they don't need punchlines, dude. Some guys are just funny, dude. That's true. Can you think of any oh, comedic e- storytellers? Yeah. Enoch. 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 Yeah, Enoch. Enoch? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Enoch. Karachailak. I think Karachailak. I hope I got it. <laughs> it's hard to say the Turkish. But uh, he's great, dude. He has a uh, natural delivery. Everything is just very natural. And he, he's done. He's won Moth, too. Ah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. right. I saw that. He's done really good. He's really good. He had a showcase in Fremont, and he did great, dude. At Slapface Coffee and Tea. Excuse me. For the plug, but hey, every first Saturdays of every month. Oh, it's a great show, and you pack it out, don't you, Fuck? Hey, we try, man. You know what I'm saying? We put the word out, and they come, dude. It's, and it's pretty cool. We just stay consistent for Saturday. Yeah, two um, stories, great coffee. Great coffee. They got uh, ice cream, water, water. <laughs> whatever your deal is, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> woo, woo. <laughs> and, um,. Yeah, man, he's good, good storyteller. Victor Cruz Perez is a good storyteller. Yes. He's in San Jose. He's a good storyteller. Mean Dave is a good storyteller. Oh yeah, his are so funny. Yeah, and he's just talking about his own life. You know. Yeah, man, and he's great at it, dude. 
And he, uh, that's a good guy around here that's a, a good storyteller, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And it's pretty cool. Uh, Mighty Mike McGee's a good storyteller. He's from San Jose. And, oh uh, yeah, there's a lot of people out there, man. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a break for a little bit. Uh, I'll turn on some comedy writer interviews for you all to enjoy while I take some food. Stay tuned. <laughs> journalist by the name Rob Walker wanted to find out is, is storytelling really the most powerful tool of all? And in order to do this, he went on his computer and he bought 200 objects from eBay. And the average price of the objects were about $1. He then called 200 authors and he asked them, hey, would you like to be part of the significant object study? which means that I would like you to write a story to one of the objects. And 200 authors said yes. So there he had 200 objects, he had 200 stories, and I assume that it was with nail-biting anticipation that he went on eBay again with all the 200 objects. Would there be a difference? Would there be a change? Do you think there was a change? One of the objects was this, this beautiful horse's head. There we go. The beautiful horse's head. Now this beautiful horse's head was bought for 99 cents and was sold when the story was added for $62.95. That is a slight increase of 6,395%. So was this a one-off situation? Not really, because he bought the 200 objects for a total of $129, selling them for $8,000. Now that's insane. But you know what's even more intellectually challenging to understand is how can you and I go to the movies and pay good money to watch movies like James Bond who are absolutely unrealistic. And we sit there, we enjoy the movie, and some of us, we really enjoy the movie. And we leave the theater going like, God, what a man. <laughs> I would like to be more like him. I'd like to walk like him. I'd like to talk like him. I like Bond. <laughs> Wonder how I could be more like Bond. And then this weird revelation hits you like from nowhere and you come up with a brilliant idea to walk to a watchmaker shop. And wow, it just happens to be an Omega watch in that shop that resembles the one that Bond was wearing in the movie. And you pay $10,000 to put that watch on your wrist and you leave that store feeling more like Bond. How is that possible? PQ Media tells us that $10.5 billion is turned over in product placement revenue every single year. How is it possible for you to be so easily tricked by something so simple as a story? Because you are tricked. 
Well, it all comes down to one core thing, and that is emotional investment. The more emotionally invested you are in anything in your life, the less critical and the less objectively observant you become. And the greatest emotional investment of all is falling in love. Now, falling in love resembles a good story. Do you remember the last time you fell in love? Do you? Good for you. It's a beautiful feeling, isn't it? Do you remember how you longed and how you yearned and how you dreamt? And then you looked at her and maybe you thought, God, I love the way you chew that apple. So crunchy. Oh, and the way you slurp that tea just over the edge, you know? Oh, it's so sexy. Love it. And then about 13 months later, when you biochemically fall in out of love, 13 months later, on an average, you fall out of love. Suddenly, you find yourself sitting in the sofa. And you go, Jesus Christ, where did this thing come from? Oh my God, and where are my friends? This is a weird thing. And then suddenly, you hear a sound. You go like, what's that? And you go over to the kitchen. And you look and you go like, oh, it's you. You're eating an apple there. <laughs> Could you just keep that down just a little bit? Yeah. You're kind of spraying the table there. Please, please don't. And you sit down comfortably again. And just a minute later, you hear somebody drinking tea from the kitchen going. <laughs> and suddenly, this is all annoying to you. Have you been there? Sadly enough. 30 months later, our critical thinking and our cortex comes home from a one-year-long vacation, and we start questioning things. Now, during those 30 months, what happened was that your brain was flooded with neurotransmitters and hormones hijacking your cortex, throwing your objectively observant skills out of the window. And the thing with the storytelling is that the same thing can happen. In stories, the same hormones and neurotransmitters can be released. Hormones like vasopressin, oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine, endorphins. And do you know what? That's what I would like to do during my talk. I would like to induce three hormones into your brain. I call it the angel's cocktail, so it's a nice cocktail. I would like to start with radically increasing your dopamine levels. And I, I need your consent on this. Is it OK? <laughs> cool. And if you don't like the idea of that, you'll just have to cover your ears. So dopamine, this is what it looks like. And when you have that in your blood, these are the beautiful effects. You get more focus, more motivation, and you remember things in a better way. So what does dopamine feel like? It feels like this. About six years ago, I received a phone call from a woman who represented one of the biggest training companies in Scandinavia. And she said, hey, David, we've got a lot of trainers in presentation skills and in rhetorics, and we would like to increase the level of all of these. And we think you are a perfect pick. Would you like to come to a meeting? I'm like, wow, I'm honored. I'd love to. And I come up to Stockholm, and I'm going to their office. And just as I am going to pull the handle down, what I don't know then is that I'm walking into one of the absolute worst meetings I am ever going to have in my life. But I don't know that yet, so it's OK. I open the door, and I meet this woman. Her name is Liana. And hurriedly, she says, David, just so you know, I'm not the one you're going to have this meeting with. You're going to have it with three gentlemen uh, further on here. And I'm like, OK, that's a bit strange. Uh, usually, you know who you're going to have the meeting with. 
And then she progresses with a bit of chit-chatting, and then suddenly she says, are you, are you ready now? And I'm like, yeah, what should I be ready for? <laughs> and then she says, just so you know, can you see the room over there? And I go like, yes, I can see it. Well, in that room, you have the three gentlemen. Just so you know, they're all majority owners of this company. They've all got an ex-military background, and uh, none of them wants the training that you are going to pitch. <laughs> I'm like, come on, what, why am I here? And it's like, well, all the trainers want this, but the management are they're on two high horses. They can't see that they need it. So it's pretty simple. The only thing you have to do is go in there and, and kind of, you know, just prove the opposite. I'm like, yeah, that sounds simple, doesn't it? And I can remember myself. I'm walking towards this office. My sweat is coming down my palms. My heart is racing. And just halfway there, uh, she calls my name. And I still, to this day, don't know if this woman is sadomasochistic or just downright unintelligent. <laughs> because she calls my name and she goes like, David. And it's like I'm going to get a tip, you know, something like that. So I turn around to ask her, go like, and she says the following. If I don't tell you what she says there, is that annoying? Yeah. <laughs> 